0: The following message is from the North Shore Christian Center MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Center is available at www.nscc.org.au. Okay, have you got your Bibles? Yeah. Are you ready for the Word of God? Yeah. Wow, that was a big morning this morning. Uh, I want you to open up to 1 Kings chapter 17. I've been seriously hanging out for about three months to preach this message for you guys. Three months! And the title of this message is, When Two Worlds Collide. I needed the music in the background just for that, didn't I? Uh, uh, When Two Worlds Collide. So let me read it to you from 1 Kings chapter 17. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and the bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there, see? See? I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. When two worlds collide, I want to speak to you today about the fact that we actually live in two worlds. Some people don't believe this, but I believe it emphatically. I believe the first world that we live in is the physical world. And the physical world is governed by Physical laws, laws that can be scientifically verified. So my, my issue with a lot of, of uh, people that don't believe in the spiritual world, they don't believe in God because that's the second world. The second world is the spiritual world. And this world is governed by spiritual laws. See, my issue with people that are atheists and people that don't believe in the spiritual world is that they constantly want to measure the spiritual world using physical instruments. And you can't measure the spirit world using physical instruments because there are different laws that operate in these two worlds. So there are laws that operate in the spiritual world that don't necessarily operate in the physical world. And there's laws in the physical world that don't necessarily operate in the spiritual world. And the Bible is very clear that God is spirit. And because he is spirit, he lives in the spiritual world. But the great news is this, is that these two worlds actually intersect and collide and i want to speak to you about that today when the two worlds collide what happens when the two worlds collide we need to learn how to interact in these two worlds when they do collide the bible is full of stories of how the spiritual world invades the physical world and what happens Now, can I just say that there are extremes of this message that bring people into error. And one of the extremes is this, is that everything that happens in the physical realm is because of a cause in the spiritual realm. Now, I want to say that that's an extreme. Why is that an extreme? Because God has established physical laws that work regardless. And there doesn't need to be any interaction in the spiritual world for physical laws. And so we have a one meter drop from this platform. And if I lose concentration or get incredibly excited and just step over the edge, how many of you know that something? physical will happen. It's called the law of gravity. It's got nothing to do with God ordaining anything. It's, I don't believe for one instance if I fell off this platform today because I got too excited that it was God's will for me to fall off this platform or God had ordained it. The fact is that there are physical laws that we are exposed to in this physical realm. Now what I do want to say is this, that when something happens to us in this physical realm because of physical laws, and we don't know why, we can call upon God to intervene in the aftermath. Don't for, And I get really agitated when, when we have natural disasters happen in this world, and people call it acts of God. Because they've confused this whole interaction of the spirit world with the physical world and, and and how this whole thing works. So what I want us to understand is that there is interaction that laws do work. And let me just share with you some of the principles of how they work. Number one, are you looking to the stream or the source? That's the title of this little text that I. Brought to your attention this morning. Because what we have here is in the physical realm, there is a stream of provision. But we've got to understand that in the spirit realm, there is a source of provision. How many of you know that one of the covenant names of God is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides? It's found in Genesis chapter 22. That's one of the covenant names of God. Now, what happens is this, is that the stream of provision is what we see in the physical realm, but it is connected to the source of provision in the spiritual realm I need someone to come up here and play God for me who, who, who can come up here and play God for me Dion come on you look like God Dion come on up you're, you're God then I want someone to come and, uh, and do provision for me someone else who can come up and just do provision Simone you look like provision is she a provision stand, stand over here there we go Okay. I want um Chris to come and um Dane, come on, you are. Uh okay. So uh so what what uh, what I want you to do is you guys stand behind God. Okay. So so Dane, you're a raven and Chris, you're a widow. Okay. Now you're here your your provision, here we go just face me, Simone you are provision, I'm Elijah incidentally, how many of you can see that I'm a mighty man of God, I'm Elijah, and so Elijah is used to having provision so provision comes to Elijah, and keeps coming coming, coming, but then what happens one day, a drought comes and provision disappears you now disappear (laughs) Now, the thing is this, what happens in our world when we're used to a provision and the provision disappears? In the physical world, we say, my provision is gone. And and in some cases, the provision can be a job. It can be an investment. It can be something that you are dependent upon that's coming your way. And so now, because... I can only see the physical world. My provision is gone. And a lot of people throw their hands up in the air and say, my provision is gone. But what they don't realize is that your provision is only a stream. But there is a source behind that stream, and the source is. And so God says, that provision is gone. But, but he says, I'm going to send you ravens. So where are the ravens? Ah, look, there's a raven. And so this raven comes in the morning. Thank you very much. Okay, then you go away. And then come in the afternoon. Come on, raven, come. Come. Oh, thank you very much. And then nighttime comes. The raven comes back in the morning. Oh, thank you. And the raven keeps flying. Now come back again because the raven is used to it. I love this raven. huh? And then one day the raven comes for the very last time and disappears (laughs) now again you know i'm it's amazing how we get used to provision even though it's supernatural and then when it goes it's like i can't see i can't see where the provision is it was another stream but how many of you know that god is the source of provision and God says, if the ravens stop flying, I still keep providing. And so God says, let me send you something else. And what, God, what does God do? Pulls out of his bag a widow. Hello, Pastor John. So where does it say in the Bible that it was an old widow? <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so this is really embarrassing thanks thanks. No, I'm not talking about your acting I could but no I won't what's really embarrassing is that, is that the widow only has enough for herself but God wants to show that he's the source of all provision that he can not only provide for her but he can provide for him as well And so all she's got is this little jar of oil, a little bag of flour. And he says, give it to me. Why did he say give it to me? Was it because he was mean and nasty or because he believed that that stream was connected to a source? And if she gave the stream, she couldn't give the source. And the source would continually keep the stream happening. So give me what you got. Thank you. Is that all you got? Not, it's not much bad. I need a pay rise. <laughs> <laughs> got to improve your acting to get one of those, mate. <laughs> and so, and this is the thing, is that you give me what you've got, and God will give you more. And this is the whole principle. The whole principle. Thank you. Thank you. You, you actually... What's that? It's, that's more. That's God more. Gave me more to give to you. Okay, thank you. Disappear. Disappear now. Disappear. They've all disappeared, but God is still there. All the streams now have all disappeared. But you know what? The source never disappears. And the source is always there. Never disappears. Your stream might dry up but your source cannot dry up. And this is how God, come on, if you're going to give the Lord a hand of praise, now's the time to give Him a hand of praise. And what we need to do is understand that there's this collision between the spiritual and the physical. And God says this, if you bless my house, I'll bless yours. If you understand that there is a place where there's an interaction with the physical, the spiritual breaks in. And something always good will happen when you understand that. Come on, give, give our feed a great big applause. God, you may be seated. so let's look at what jesus said in 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 matthew chapter 6 verse 33 what did jesus say in matthew 6 33? he said seek ye first the kingdom of god the spiritual and all these things and his righteousness seriously what that means is the will of god his righteousness is his will That's what his righteousness is. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, his will. And then it says, and these things that you're focused in on. And he was, in in the context of it, he was saying, the things that we worry about, what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear, the materialistic things of this world will be added to you. See, too often our focus is on the stream and not the source. And all that I've noticed in life is that the stream always changes. When we think the stream is flowing strong, it dries up. And that's when people panic and they start to run. But they're running to the wrong place. And I I just want you to get one message today. And what's that one message? Is this, don't take your eyes of the spiritual world. Don't take your eyes off the spiritual world. Understand that there is a collision that takes place between the spiritual and the physical. And if you understand that, God can intervene. You know, every time I get myself into trouble in the physical realm, I actually call on God to help me in the collision between the spiritual and the physical. It's now second nature for me. I... See, see, I don't get so focused in on the physical that I lose sight of the spiritual. Yeah. And it's second nature. I'll never forget. How, how many of you know that on Sunday was Father's Day? And, um, and one of the joys that my family had on Sunday was to feed me to the sharks. <laughs> so that was Father's Day present for me. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing that I really enjoyed but but um, migrant parents have got no concept that it's a good thing that your children buy you a shark dive experience and so what when I told my mum that uh, that my kids bought me a shark dive experience for Father's Day she thought it was just plastic sharks okay so she, she just thought oh yeah whatever then when I said no, they were real sharks. Then she got really... This is after the experience. Then she started to get worried. What did they do? I said, they put me in a shark tank. Yeah, but they were plastic. And I said, real sharks, four-meter sharks. And what if you would have lost a foot? <laughs> and I said, Mum, they checked. I had all my bits and pieces together after I left. She says, what sort of a gift is that? No concept of, of putting yourself in danger, you know. Just no concept whatsoever. How many, how many of you think that? OK, but what actually happened a few years back was that I had an encounter with a real-life shark. I was swimming um, in the Great Barrier Reef at a place called Lady Elliot Island. And uh, I saw this huge shark swimming past, and it was huge because the little sucker fish were about this big. The shark was huge, but it was nice and sedate. And then out of the darkness came another shark. I think it might have been a tiger shark, and it was much more aggressive. And it literally came out of the darkness straight for me. And let me tell you, it was one of the scariest experiences of my life. This thing just charged towards me. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt too. But I can remember distinctly what do you do when you are facing a horrible death? And I remember underwater screaming out, "Jesus save me!" <laughs> At the, it just blah 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 blah. <laughs> it was Jesus save me. It was definitely Jesus save me. And it was like, it was like second nature when you're facing trouble in the physical realm. To call out for an interaction, a collision with the spiritual world. Would you come and intervene? I got myself into trouble. Would you come and intervene? I want to say to you, I'm here today. So, all in one piece. Nothing has been attached or detached in one piece. That thing came straight towards me. It would have come about a meter away. And then it just turned sharply. And it disappeared in the darkness. And then something else miraculous happened. That's when I walked on water. It was <laughs> <laughs> you have never seen anybody get out of the water faster than that experience. You remember that day, Steve? Yeah, you remember that day. Phil Caladucus was there. He can testify to that this is not me preaching, this is me telling the truth. And uh, <laughs> this is not embellishing the story at all. But but I learned a very valuable lesson there. And the valuable lesson is this that God does intervene into your world. And his greatest intervention in our world was when he sent Jesus. You can come up and play now. When he sent Jesus, because Jesus was the perfect mix of the spirit world with the physical world. He was holy God and holy man, he was all God. He was all man you can come up and play and and there's this 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 intervention between the spiritual and the physical and the intervention is so that we can have eternal life see God realizing you know not only are they physical beings they're also spiritually spiritual beings all have sinned and come short of the glory of God all have made mistakes and in my spirit world, that's called heaven. I cannot let any impurity in. How many of you know that heaven is perfect? And any impurity coming into heaven would make it imperfect. And so how many, how many people here can put up their hand and say, Hey, I'm perfect. I've never made a mistake. Is there anyone here that can do that? Is there anyone here that honestly believes that they've never made a mistake? Anyone at all? So that means that we're all honest. And we're all say we're imperfect and so this is God's incredible gift to us God's incredible gift to us says you know what I know that you've made mistakes but you know what I'll pay the penalty for your mistakes and that's why Jesus came to die upon the cross to pay the penalty for all of our mistakes and when Jesus died he didn't die because he was a bad man he died in your place and in my place. Bible tells us that on the third day, he rose from the dead. We don't ever talk about the late Jesus. Does anybody... who was talking to me about that this morning. Was that you, Helen? Has anybody ever heard anybody talk about the late Jesus? Everybody talks about Jesus because he's not dead. He's alive. We believe in that. That's why we celebrate Easter Sunday because Jesus is alive. He broke the chains that bind us to the physical realm and enabled us to enter into this amazing possibility of living with God forever and ever. What a wonderful thing. And so this is the beautiful gift that God gives us in the spirit realm and in the physical realm the gift that he gives us in the spirit realm is all our sins will be forgiven and we'll get to live with God forever and ever in heaven forever for eternity how many of you want that you know what the alternative is the alternative is hell and a lake of fire forever and ever I don't think anybody wants that but you know what that doesn't have to be your alternative because Jesus made the way for you to have heaven That's a beautiful thing. And and, and some people say, yeah, but that's pie in the sky for when I die. No, no. That's only one part of the promise. Eternal life then. Well, what's the other part of the promise? Abundant life now. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly now. So you get blessed in the spiritual realm. You get blessed in the physical realm. You get to enjoy eternal life when you die and you get to enjoy abundant life now. What a deal. You say, well, what, what must I do to sign up? Here it is. Very simple. First of all, just admit that you've made mistakes. Can you do that? The Bible calls that repentance. Admit that you've made mistakes and be willing to turn away from your mistakes. So can you do that? If you can, just say, yes, I can. Secondly, all you've got to do is believe that Jesus paid the penalty for your sins when he died upon the cross and then rose on the third day. Do you believe that? How many of you believe that? It's so simple. So what's the last thing? Here it is. The last thing is this. And this is, I think, the crux because a lot of people can do A and B. What they can't do is C. And C is to say, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior and i'm willing to follow you for the rest of my life i'm willing to obey you for the rest of my life i'm willing to put into practice what you've commanded me for the rest of my life and that's 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 becoming a follower of christ it's just not just well i've got a belief system i've put it up on the shelf no no my whole behavior now changes my whole lifestyle now changes i become a God follower and do you know what in some of these countries that our missionaries minister to when they pray this prayer that I want to lead you in they actually put their hand on their throat and I've seen photographs where these new believers put their hands on their throat and they pray this prayer saying Jesus I want to be your follower why is that because they know that it might cost them their lives to follow Jesus but they are so convinced that he is the way the truth and the life that there's no other way to the father that they are willing to say Jesus if you died for me I'm willing to die for you wow how awesome is that you know what nobody's asking you to die for him all we're asking you to do is to live for him can you live for him can you live for him when you're willing to do that this is what will happen Bible says that your name will be written in the book of life. How awesome is that? There's there's a book in heaven. It's called the book of life. It's actually the register book of heaven. And everyone that gets to go to heaven has their name written in that book. How wonderful it is to have your name written in the book. When you receive Jesus, your name gets written in that book. When you stand, as so many people say, at the pearly gates, the book will be opened. And if your name's in the book, you enter into heaven. There won't be any tests back there. You don't have to memorize anything. Jesus is there saying, I know that your name is in the book because on the 8th of September, 2013, at North Shore Christian Center, you made a decision to follow me. Enter into eternal life. It's your gift. And today, I want to ask you one simple question. Here it is. Are you 100% sure that your name is written in that book? Are you 100% sure? Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials.